So I was part of a youth group uh, at the end of the 90s there, and I remember there was one particular girl <coughs> who was part of the youth group uh, who was always full of joy and full of beans and full of love, just a really kind of a um, life and soul of the party kind of person, uh, loved giving hugs and was just really uh, just a very kind of a welcoming, warm character. And um, she went off to college and I went off to college and we kind of lost touch. And, that, and then I met her after a while, it might, might have been a year, I might have entered seminary at the time, so I met her after a while and uh, she had completely changed. She had completely changed. The university experience had kind of knocked the innocence out of her, knocked that joy out of her, uh, that, how would you say, that kind of just, that, that warmth, that kind of friendliness, that openness had now been beaten into submission. Uh, and the experiences of, of university, which promised freedom and promised joy and promised pleasure and pr promised all those kind of things, uh, had really uh, adversely affected her. When we see the image of the Sacred Heart, this one, which is in front of the altar here, the original is in the church of uh, the Gesù in Rome, the Lord is holding out his heart. He's holding out his heart in a way that's unprotected, exposed, in danger of rejection, in danger of being ridiculed, in danger of being... It's, 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 it's again, uh, something I say quite often, but it's, it's astounding that, that God can put himself in a position where he, almighty, all-knowing, all-love, can be rejected. Can be rejected. And he holds out that heart. And it's on fire with love for each one of us, regardless of our reaction, regardless of our response to his love. So we can love him as with, the, with the, the seraphic love of the saints, of angels, absolutely wonderful. We can be filled with joy, with hope, with love, and do adoration every day and, and, and praise the Lord for all of his goodness. Uh, or we can be absolutely indifferent, take everything for granted, Blame him when everything goes wrong, or when anything goes wrong, or simply when I just don't get my way, when I don't get my will. It's his fault. And this heart, which is exposed and beats out of love for us, can be rejected and can be wounded by me. And what's interesting is that is that we should have compassion for the Lord. I mean, the Lord doesn't need our sympathy. He doesn't need anything from us, really. But on, on a human level, like, we should, we should care. We should care if the Lord's heart is rejected. We should care if the Lord is loved or not. This should bother us. Because he deserves it. He deserves our love. He deserves everything from us. He deserves our hearts in response. This should bother us if, if, if he is rejected. In the same way that if your mom or your dad or someone you're, you, you care about deeply is disrespected publicly, of course you care. Of course you'd notice. Of course you would come to their defense. The Lord holds his heart and exposes his heart, his sacred heart to us. And in doing so, opens himself to, to ridicule and to rejection. And similarly, similar, that's not, well, in God's experience, 
because of his ability to love, the chances of him getting rejected are far higher. Because of, his, because of the fact that he can keep in mind at all times all people who have ever lived, all people living, and all who will ever live, all present to him. It means he, he has in his mind, we mentioned this a couple of weeks ago, uh, he can keep in his divine mind at all times all of the love that he has received from the billions of people who have lived. And at the same time, all of the rejection, all of the hurt, all the sin. That's all there too. No human could ever come close to, 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 to carrying that amount of, of love, but also that amount of pain. And that's, it's, it's the interesting thing about, about the Sacred Heart of Father today. I mentioned at the beginning of Mass as well, it's, it's on fire with love. Now, fire is an interesting thing, because fire does an awful lot of good. If it weren't for that big ball of fire in space known as the sun, we'd be a dead rock. And that'd be it. So fire does some wonderful things. Keeps us warm. Gives us sunburn. That's a bad thing. Gives us tans. That's it. But fire can also hurt. I think this is a, a very good representation of the Sacred Heart. When I offer my love to someone, I risk rejection. When I am rejected and I choose to love anyway, I risk further rejection. And when you approach someone and there's rejection after rejection after rejection, the tendency, our human tendency, is to do what happened to that friend of mine, just to recoil into ourselves and cover up that heart and make sure no one sees it. And then I can't get hurt. I pull, pull back into myself, <clears throat> kind of basically shut down my heart. Don't need it. Don't need, don't need to give love. Don't need to receive love. It's all fine. I don't care anyway. And then I'm safe, right? And this understandable and, and very human reaction is not the reaction of Jesus. It's not the reaction that we're called to have, painful and all as it may be. We're called to love with a, a, a divine kind of a love, which loves despite rejection, which loves despite even hatred. And that's, that, that costs us, and that, that's hard. That's, but it's, 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 it's how we become like him. It's how we become like the Lord, to love despite rejection, to love despite indifference, to love despite nothing in return. And this, this is a, a great school of love, but not easy. Our saint, not exactly our saint of the day, but the saint to whom this devotion was revealed, Saint Margaret Mary Alacock, was born in 1647 in France, uh, had an interesting experience in, in, her, in her youth. She knew the love of the Lord from a very young age, and she wanted to make great sacrifices for him. So she undertook great fasting and uh, deprived herself of all sorts of uh, joys. And that, even as a nine-year-old, when she received her first Holy Communion, uh, she was left in a very pitiful state after in so bedridden for four years because of rheumatic fever. And she promised the Lord that if she was healed, she'd become a sister. And... She was duly healed and went off then to 
become a sister after a bit of a struggle, uh, especially from her mom. Her mom wants her to get married, wants her to go to the various uh, balls and dancing and all that kind of thing. And she had an experience very similar to St. Faustina, where at one of these balls, all dressed up, uh, she saw our Lord appear to her, scourged and bleeding. And she knew that this life that she was living was very superficial in comparison to what she was called to live. Obviously, see, Jesus has in, in mind this, this plan, the revelation of his sacred heart, which he wants to give to her, that she would give it to the church, that it would become then a feast in the universal church. <clears throat> so this girl dancing in a ballroom somewhere in France couldn't possibly understand the gravity or, or what was going to hang on, on her decision. But she responded favorably and, uh, and became a sister in Paris-le-Monial, after which then the Lord appeared to her and revealed to her his sacred heart. He wanted, to, in so doing, he wants to reveal to her the excesses, the, 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 the wonders of his love. It's not, it's not like we just needed another devotion. Devotions aren't there just like, they're not an end unto themselves. He wants to reveal to us his heart. He wants us to know how much we're loved. And so he said to her, in the excess of my mercy, of the mercy of my heart, I promise you that my all-powerful love will grant to all those who will receive communion on the first Fridays for nine consecutive months the grace of final repentance. They will not die in my displeasure, nor without receiving the sacraments, and my heart will be their secure refuge in the last hour. So again, the Lord is trying to make it as easy as possible to be saved. He's trying to make his heart as accessible as possible. He's trying to remove all the possible barriers that might be in, in, in our own minds or hearts towards him. He wants to remove them so that we can approach him. That, and, 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 and then when we get there, what do we find? We find that his heart is held, not protected, not walled up, not behind steel doors. No, you don't have to do anything complicated to get there. There's no safety lock. There's no particular shazam that you have to say. It's just Jesus there holding his hand, waiting for you. Holding his heart, waiting for you. It's so humbling when we think of the love of God for each one of us. And especially if you've ever had the experience of, of rejection in love. What must it be like for him to love and to love so consistently and constantly despite our indifference? The Lord wants our hearts. He wants our love and he deserves both. So today as we receive Holy Communion, as we attend Mass, as we pray, as we do our service our jobs whatever they may be our work let us do so to console his sacred heart let us do so because he deserves our love he deserves our time he deserves our affection he deserves the little consolation that we can offer him and you and I can actually make a difference to the sacred heart of Jesus. So may all that we do be transformed into love and may we receive willingly the gift 
of love that he offers us.